Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, it's Chloe Tilly and Callum McDonald. We're in for Jane and Fee this week. Um, if you joined us on the radio, really good to have your company. It's slightly bizarre for us because we normally do breakfast Friday, Saturday, Sunday to even come into the building in daylight. The canteen's open. I mean, there's no food over weekend when no. we come in. And there were many, many people. Who <laughs> knew that this building was filled with people through the week? It's people sitting at every desk. Yeah. Don't know what they all do. <laughs> They work hard, oh, Callum. Sorry, yeah. That is what we do. Well, for our first programme, <laughs> I think it went pretty well. Well, it went really well, I thought, 3 till 3.30. Yes, I agree. I feel like we made the transition seamlessly from <laughs> breakfast to afternoons. We were if he thro- does say himself. <laughs> <laughs> we were thrown by the daylight. Of that, there is no doubt. The daylight pouring in the window. I think the thing that really threw us, though, was as we yes. went to the 3.30 news and we were quite happy. We knew that. Uh, we then found out from producer Rosie that our big guest, who we were going to speak to for... 25 minutes was not answering now, at for, all. For radio context, that's quite a big deal. Um, <laughs> if you're not sure how big a deal that is, I challenge you to just speak for five minutes and make it feel like you're adding value to anything around you. Well, that was what I was worried about. Yes. Callum and I can talk the hind leg off a donkey. I wasn't worried about us talking. I was worried about the quality yeah. of chat. Uh, so, yes, Sophia Kiani was who we were meant to be speaking to. She's a, a UN kind of ambassador, if you like, a global ambassador for climate change. She's really young, in her 20s. We were really excited about speaking to her, Iranian-American. But, yeah, she just went AWOL. Yeah, far be it from me to sort of promote somebody who, in the end, didn't show up on our programme. <laughs> but there's some really interesting stuff on her uh, Twitter feed, uh, including when she spoke at COP27, um, which was something we were going to ask her about, but behold, mm. we'll never get the answers to those questions. Sorry. So she didn't turn up, no, but, but it's fine. So we would normally give you the big interview here on the pod, but uh, we couldn't. No. <laughs> so instead, here are some of our favourite news stories. Yes, instead. absolutely. We did have some brilliant people on today mm. who did pick up the phone, yeah. so that was good. <laughs> uh, we were speaking a lot about water pollution and water companies today. This is to coincide, actually, with the Times launching a campaign um, where they are really pushing for the Times newspaper, really pushing for the government to take action on pollution in rivers and on beaches and in waterways in general. Um, And on the front page of today's Times, the story that water companies may not face big fines for spilling sewage into rivers and seas because ministers are now suggesting that multi-million pound fines could scare off investors. Uh, The Times reports that Environment Secretary Therese Coffey thinks that fines of up to £250 million for polluters are disproportionate. Of course, there is the consideration that you don't have to impose 
that big a fine. It could be less. Exactly. But you might want to give yourself the leeway to impose that big a fine should the offence merit it. All of these things were covered in our urgent question today. We spoke to Adam Vaughan, who's the environment editor at The Times, and he explains why water pollution is still such an issue in the UK. Last autumn, there was a bit, a bit of a frenzy about water companies and at the, in the party conference season, uh, under Liz Truss, her briefly lived environment secretary, um, Ranul Jawadina, he proposed raising a cap on civil sanctions from £250,000 for particularly serious pollution events to 250 million so a thousand fold increase and so that so the 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 reason for that being that generally speaking 250,000 pounds is not considered much of a disincentive for bad behavior by water companies and and now the question now is where do we land (laughs) so the it looks like we're probably not going to land on 250 million but we are it's clear something higher than 250,000 is coming. And, and, but I suppose the point of a fine is that it, it should change behaviour. And so if it's, if it's something that can be factored in as the cost of doing business for, in this case, water companies, then actually that's completely redundant. It makes no difference at all. Yeah, that's right. And it's important. I mean, it obviously needs to be a, 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 a deterrent. Otherwise, there's not much point in it. Um, the, that's, that's the idea. I mean, it's important to stress that these are... These are, so this is sort of separate from uh, the Environment Agency. It does have powers to, and has used them to prosecute companies through the courts and fine them millions. But that is a really slow process and takes years. This is a sort of different thing, which is civil sanctions, which the Environment Agency can just do itself and which its, very, its new chairman, who's just started, is very keen to use those powers more. Mm. So where are we at then, taking all of that in, in total, where are we at with, with trying to get a grip on this problem? What's your assessment of where things stand? Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess to sort of zoom out a little bit, you know, I think people will know from sort of going down to their local river or their beach um, that things are maybe not as good as they'd like them to be in terms of water quality, and particularly in rivers and lakes. Beaches are somewhat better overall and across the country. Um, I mean, the statistic I like to sort of focus on in the one that the water companies and the government likes to look at as well is something called good ecological status and this is like a measure of how close a river is to its natural state now in england the figure uh, for water bodies that reach that standard is about 16 percent and the problem is that figure five years ago was 16 percent so there's there has been some progress behind the scenes and it's quite an extra you know it's quite an exacting standard but the, the 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 target is that we'll get to seventy five percent being good by twenty twenty seven. So you can see there's a bit of a mountain to climb there in terms of where we need to go. I'm just wondering when you think about this in a broader sense. The online safety bill is looking at charging individuals, chief executives, if content online is a danger to people. I'm just wondering, is the solution here to say to the chief executives of these water companies, you personally are going to have to pay potentially up to X amount of money? Is that the deterrent? I just feel like we don't quite know what the deterrent is. So, you know, the there's it's interesting you say that about the sort of getting personal about it, as it were, Chloe. I mean, there's this, this the Emma, Emma Howard Boyd, who's the former chairman of the environment agency or chairperson i should say she um last, last summer she suggested effectively just that she said that there should be some sort of criminal penalties for directors and the, the, obviously one of the issues is people can work at one company and then go on to another so she had these proposals to make it much more personal labor is still sort of fleshing out what its policy would be on that but it is along the lines of some sort of tougher penalty for the individuals at the top of these companies for 
and to be clear, this isn't for like just, you know, an accidental bit of dumping of suits. This is for like, you know, only for the most serious, repeated systemic problems. Mm. But I think it's clear that some sort of, some sort of greater deterrent is needed. Yeah. Tell us more as well about the uh, the Times, the Clean It Up Water campaign. And one thing I love about the Times when it when it starts campaigning on issues, whether that be education or health with the commissions that have been established and run over the last couple of years, and indeed uh, the health one's ongoing. Uh, but with this sort of campaign, as you have, there is a man Manifesto. There are clear, tangible things that are kind of being pushed for. So, just tell us about that, Adam. Yeah, yeah, we love a manifesto. Uh, <laughs> there's, uh, so, there's four, there's four sort of rough things, and, and, I, and like I can go into more detail, but they basically boil down to better regulation, more money, more designated bathing waters around rivers. So, these are like things that give you. It's a sort of designation that gives you better monitoring of water quality, and then finally, help for farmers to curb their impact. Mm. So. Yeah, so those are the four big things we're asking for. And I think, you know, the more money there is, you know, it's important to be upfront. A lot of this is going to mean spending more money and that at some point is going to have some sort of bearing for people's bills. So we need to make sure that's done in a good way because, you know, we have, as everyone knows, you know, from the, 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 the broader cost of living crisis, that's something that needs to be given some thought given to. But there's also political decisions that need to be made as well about how much funding and how many people to resource regulators like the Environment Agency. Yeah, and it's worth saying, just on, on one of the points there in the manifesto, uh, number one, jail and other criminal penalties for water chiefs under beefed-up Environment Agency. So, you, you know, we're not pulling punches here in this thing. <laughs> no, no, and that's, you know, that's exactly what Emma Howard yeah. was just talking about, was, you know, was recommending herself. And, you know, I think it's to be clear, you know, that no one wants to see the executive jailed and no one wants to, you know, that is really the sort of, Ultimately, yeah, that, I think that's really about the most extreme end of things, mm -hmm. right? And then that that is really if sort of there's very much a pattern of persistent behaviour. Um, I don't think I don't think anyone wants to see that used sort of willy nilly. Mm. How long has this been going on? How have we found ourselves in this position? That's a really good question. So it's not it's not like we've all sort of you know discovered there are rivers no. <laughs> this week this week, right? So I mean, I think you know, I think concern, I think concern has been growing uh, for sort of around a decade now, and I think what amongst the public at large, and then I think what's really happened was COVID sort of turbocharged that concern because you know obviously under restrictions, people could there's only certain places people could go, and a lot of people sort of rediscovered or maybe for the first time discovered you know their local river stream lake you know whatever it was and that you know so then you already had this sort of thing before of like more people doing wild swimming more people doing paddleboarding but then the restrictions really charged that up and i think we're seeing that collide with the sort of longer term issues of underinvestment and in infrastructure and you know more intensive farming and so on so i think it's a sort of combination of factors of greater awareness that we're looking out for it more and also there's to be, you know to be give companies credit where it's due you know there's also greater transparency there's a better monitoring network in place so you know like thames water launched this map last month where you can now see in sort of near real time where places are spilling and we've had another you know that doesn't always paint a very happy story for them you know we had a, another story out of that um, about how one little stream had been in one week in January in Oxfordshire had been spilling for four days out of seven, you know. So, but it's better to know, right? So, yeah. you know, that's good. Not, you need the information. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. 
From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Off Air with Jane and Fee, but this is Chloe and Callum. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening. We'll be here all week. We're live on Times Radio 3 till 5 in the afternoons and then on the podcast as well. So one thing we were talking about today was the Women's Premier League auction in cricket. And I just felt so uncomfortable saying this. I know this is cricket terminology. So it's like the IPL for men. Um, The women put themselves forward, said yes. All 15 England cricketers said yes. I want to go and play in India in this league uh, for a few weeks. And clubs basically auction. Mm -hmm. And they say, yep, they bid this, they bid that. And the terminology is just really uncomfortable for me that... You know, we're hearing that this player, you know, Nat Shiverbrunt was bought for, she was sold for. It's just, yeah, it's kind of kind of uncomfortable. But I know it's the appropriate terminology. So, yeah, we spoke about that because, of course, the T20 World Cup is underway in South Africa. And for me, I find it really weird that in the middle of a World Cup, this would take place. An auction for players would mm. take place. Would that happen? Would there be a transfer window in the middle of the Men's Football World Cup? Would it happen in cricket to the men's game? I mean, I would hazard the guess not. The it just seems can, weird. Yeah, the closest thing I can kind of get to in my own head is the, the NFL draft in American football where players are kind of recruited. Um, you During kind of, a World Cup? Well, no, well, absolutely <laughs> That's not. That's the point. Absolutely not, no. That's exactly right. And everyone's kind of ranked in order of how they did the previous year. Um, and it's it's sort of intuitive as to how it's then done, but mm. it's it's how most teams then recruit people. But Which, you're right, the timing yeah, is not it's, like it's that the timing for me all. that seems very very odd. Well, when we spoke earlier on to cricket correspondent Georgie Heath, England had just beaten Ireland in the T20 World Cup. I mean, it was an odd one. Yeah, I'll give you that. The fact that almost a World Cup game, and there's obviously another one literally just starting as we speak, sort of played second fiddle to a, in essence, a domestic tournament at the same time there was a there were a lot of lacks going around i know a lot more about indian money than i ever did before now so i can now my conversion rates are going a lot better than they were but obviously nat siver brunt went for 320 lakhs which was one of the highest smithy mandana going for 340 but yeah an interesting one i was i was sort of wondering because england players were going up for you know, they're suddenly being sold. Is someone going to run on with water and be like, oh, by the way, you've been sold? Exactly. While it's they're playing? Or it, it, was, it was very bizarre. It also went on for a very long time. It sort of started at nine o'clock this morning and I was all hyped up. And then by that point, I was like, right, okay, let's get on with this now because mm. I'm getting quite confused. But 
such an exciting day for the women's game. Obviously, the World Cup is exciting, all that's going on, but mm. the Women's Premier League, we thought it might never happen, and it is a huge moment for the women's game that that much money and that much interest is going into it. So, And what does it mean celebrate. for them? Tell me what it means for them, because the, the pay for women's cricket is really low. So what would, will it actually mean for them in their pocket? I mean, for someone like Nat Siva Brunch, she's got £320,000 going oh, that's to her. one tournament. Yeah, that's just wow. for her. That is just her. Her wife didn't get sold, but, you know, that's what happens. I think there's a lot of it. They're looking at the young domestic Indian players, the young players, the likes of Alice Capsi, Izzy Wong was sold. So that's a hell of a lot of money, especially for someone in women's cricket. But what that does for the women's game as we look ahead is that, you know, there's youngsters going... Yes, I mean, I know there's a career in there, but it really is a career and there is a lot of money now in the women's game. This is viable mm. for me to do as a career. So it's just going to expand it across the world. And we, we all know the sway that India has with any kind of cricket. And so the fact that they're now putting all this money and this effort and interest into the women's game is just astonishing, really. Mm. I did. There were times I thought this day might not come. I mean, there are always going to be teething problems. There's always going to be people saying this, that and the other. But for the women's game globally, this is a really big day. Yeah, good stuff. Georgie, thank you ever so much for speaking to us. Thank you. As cricket correspondent Georgie Heath. I don't know why this is just the feminist in me. I always feel uncomfortable with women being sold. I know it's the terminology of cricket and it's nothing against Georgie, but it always just sounds odd because men are equally sold in this. But it's just, yeah... Yeah, the freezing, Slightly the odd, auction. yes, mm. auctioning people. It's all just, yeah. Anyway, it feels a bit uncomfortable for me. Now, mm. let's talk about some sport that you might have missed because the Skateboarding World Championships took place in the UAE. They came to an end after British skateboarder Sky Brown, you'll remember, she's 14, she became a world champion, marking the first time that Britain has achieved gold at the competition. Lola Tambling is also 14 and finished in sixth place for GB. Tambling had a sensational journey in her first world championships, coming all the way from the heats through to the final and finishing in that fantastic sixth place. And I'm delighted to say she's landed back in the UK this afternoon and is here to talk to us. Hi there. Hi. Massive congratulations, Lola. Can you quite believe what you've Thank achieved? You. Oh, it's, I'm feeling super stoked. I can't believe this has actually happened. Um, to be honest, I don't think it's actually like properly hit me yet. No, I'm not surprised. So tell us about what you had to do just to get through this World Championships. You know, for people who don't follow skateboarding, explain it to us. Um, so there was uh, four rounds. So there was the open, the quarters, semis and then finals. So I had to do basically it was like four competitions in like a whole week and had to just get through and play. There was like a certain place you had to, so like, uh, make the cut basically yes okay and do you before you go out excuse my ignorance do you before you go out know what moves you're going to do or do you look at what you have to achieve and make the decision kind of there and then um so I see the course there's like photos in that and I figure out like what I want to do and then when I go out obviously I try it and then if it doesn't work I have to change it and if it does work then that's obviously a bonus but I do have a plan in my head mm before really and does the course stay the same through every single round does it get easier i mean not easier clearly but as you get to the final if you've done that course several times or do they change it oh no the course stays the same yeah it stays the same so does it get easier i mean clearly there's the pressure but i just wonder because you've you've done several rounds on it is it easier um no it definitely it definitely gets definitely very harder does it um oh yeah 100 percent um 
it's yeah you gotta um you gotta change your run because the right. judges are looking for different things they don't want to see the same lines and the level gets higher and higher each time do you also change it based on what you see other people doing to try and do something better than you've just seen um yeah because obviously if someone does a better run than you and they score higher you want to try and do better than that and up your game and score higher than them so i definitely do change my run up yeah i'm fascinated when i speak to elite athletes like yourself that i'm always told that it's a a, a minimum 80 percent mental 20 percent physical how do you keep your head in the right place to be able to achieve fantastic results like sixth at the world championships i just um try not think of the negatives i just have fun and uh do my breathing and stuff like that so and this this was your first world championships so i mean sixth that's incredible do do you hope to i mean what are your goals now or have you achieved your goals um i'm very i'm so like happy of what i've accomplished this like weekend it was really good but obviously i'm gonna keep pushing because i want to work on my goal to paris 2024 Mm. and then i've got all the other events coming up this year and then the next one is Argentina so I'm excited for all of them. I always find it incredible. I mean I find it incredible when I speak to any elite athlete about the commitment, the psychology, the single-mindedness which you have to have clearly to be an elite athlete but when you apply that to children effectively and I hope Lola isn't offended by me calling her a child but she's 14 um incredible and and the way that you know you were asking her about you know do you change your run and do you look what other people are doing to have the maturity and the confidence to be able to do that on what is the biggest stage of your sporting life is just incredible I can never quite compute the pressure and indeed the preparation that goes into getting ready for that moment in the spotlight, I suppose, um, and the various runs that she has to do to get to the final and then end up placing sixth. And that improvisation, actually, because imagine standing, watching somebody and go, oh, well, they've just done that. That's going to earn them, you know, three more points than I got for the thing that I did halfway through my routine or whatever. So now I have to change. Well, the thing is as well, do I go for the big skill and potentially mess it up? Mm. Or do I say I'll go safer? I always remember, you know, my daughter's gymnastics mad and I'd follow the sport intently. And I remember Max Whitlock talking about the the last Olympic gold that he won on pommel. And he was talking about how he just knew he had to go all out. He had to do the biggest routine. He was up first and it was like, what do I do? Do I go safe? Do I go big? And he went big. And it is just the, but he's an adult. You know, he's, what is he, 30, something like that. But a 14 year old like Layla, I found it absolutely incredible. Really, yeah. Amazing to speak to her and her experience. And an incredible achievement, sixth in the World Championships in skateboarding. The closest to this that I can get in my brain, I'm a, I'm a very amateur musician, and less so now than I ever used to be, but I play the accordion, which mm. is actually a lesser-known fact about me. So you can have that off-air <laughs> listeners. Um, and so in the Highlands, where I grew up, I would be playing at Cayley's and 21st birthday parties and weddings and you name it and whatever. Uh, one thing I hated, and I only ever did it twice, I think, in my entire life, was competition absolutely hated them Mm. hated them found no enjoyment no pleasure hated the stress hated the pressure whereas at a Cayley you just play and people have a good Mm. time but I felt performing for several people to judge me was just not in any way enticing whereas 
on the other side of this are people who clearly thrive yeah. on that environment and I just find that amazing. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for all of your emails. We've got loads of lovely messages today welcoming us to afternoon. So that was really nice. We're encouraging our breakfast listeners over and also got some lovely messages from you guys that listen um, to, to Jane and Fee all the time. So thank you ever so much for that. Uh, let's do this one. Uh, hi, Callum and Chloe. How do you fancy robotic anaesthetists? Putting up trips, doing spinal anaesthetics, intubating, etc. Surgeons tend to be robotic, but as anaesthetists are very different. This is from David. So this is in response to the story that uh, actually surgeons might start using robots to carry out kind of more precision surgery and indeed do it with a better level of accuracy. Mm. The sort of side effects, the long-term scarring is reduced because they can be so precise and so exact. And we were asking on the radio today, weren't we, whether you would feel comfortable with the idea of a robot, effectively. Anaesthetists blow my mind. (laughs) When I was having a caesarean for my second daughter... I remember the anaesthetist standing on my left shoulder, not on my left shoulder, that'd be weird, by my left shoulder. operation. <laughs> by my left shoulder. And um, she said, and it was my second caesarean, so I knew it was like, and she said, um, can you can you feel anything? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can just feel like, no, I can, and the touch you tell me, yeah, yeah, no, I can feel that a bit. And she go, okay, give me a little bit more. Can you feel that? Yeah, really lightly, a bit more. Can you feel that? No. Wow. Blows your mind that it's that accurate, it's a tiny bit here or there. Astonishing. Yeah. That's a real skill. It too. is an absolute skill. I take skill. David's point on whether that, if, if that was to become robotic, would we all feel a little bit more uneasy? Yeah, if the robot's asking me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I'd feel about that. Uh, Johnny has got in touch. Hi, Chloe and Callum. As promised, I am here. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. Um, I'd like to ask if Callum got a haircut, especially for this occasion, as requested, or was it actually done for the Brit Awards? Johnny, don't give him another opportunity to talk about the flipping Brit Awards. Uh, anyway, what's it all about this special prize? Well, we've told you about the special prize. Uh, you just need to collect those five words we gave you the word today sharky nice uh, four more to come uh, three on afternoons one on breakfast on friday and then you can go in for a draw to get a six-month subscription to the times tell us about the haircut really quickly before we get bored so i've gone for a mid-fade um uh, no, 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 no. oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> you mean to talk about the brits don't yes, you yes okay well i'll do that quickly so you got the haircut for the brits so yeah i got a haircut for the brits because i was very kindly invited to go along to the brits having begged on the radio for somebody to invite me and so the owners of the o2 arena <laughs> invited me the thing very kind of them. the thing that i loved most about this story was callum and i were ridiculously excited at the mm. prospect of having a weekend off yeah. so i was like i'm going out with my husband it's going to be amazing callum's like yeah i'm going to go and have a night out i never get a night out and then he found out he'd only got one ticket for the brits and i was like you're going on your own to the brits then so what about this big night out you're going to have with your mates and he was like um, um. but then you which did manage to wangle i eventually i got a plus ticket. one which was a total gift it was honestly it was a dream come true i've always wanted to go to the brits i think the music is amazing the production is amazing the showbiz vibe of it is pretty cool as well let's be honest and so i was very very glad to be there on saturday with my new mid fade in, t- in tow as well so i'm now going to think about what i might want to get yeah you need to start begging just, You've be- got to be no shameless. i've got no i literally i have more pride <laughs> that's where we differ Chloe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening we'll be back on times radio at three o'clock in the afternoon monday to thursday this week and on off air with jane and fee but with Chloe and Callum. You have been listening to Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. Our Times radio producer is Rosie Cutler and the podcast executive producer is Ben Mitchell. Now you can listen to us on the free Times radio app or you can download every episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that if you like what you heard and thought, hey... I want to listen to this, but live. 
Uh, then you can, Monday to Thursday, 3 to 5 at the Times Radio. Yeah. Embrace the live radio jeopardy. Thank you for listening and hope you can join us off air very soon. Goodbye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com